this is the Fearless Fathers Podcast, a podcast for you, the fathers who suffer in silence every single day. Come with us as we hit those main topics that are just burning through your soul. It's going to get uncomfortable, it's going to be fun, and together we will become fearless. What is going on, all of our fearless fathers listening to the next episode today? I want to thank you so much for tuning in to us, checking us out yet again. We have another interview for you from our neighbor of the north, a Mr. Brendan Hickey, who is the co-host of the Not Your Normal Hickey podcast with his son, Mason. Fantastic podcast. I'm actually becoming a listener myself. Uh, Brendan, say what's up to our fearless fathers listeners and tell them a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's up, Davo? Uh, yeah, I am, as Davo mentioned, from the Great White North of Canada. I work in health consulting there. And yeah, me and my son started a podcast on the side, just give us something to do. Two kids, married, um, small town, Albertan. And, you know, if I, <laughs> I always say if I were born in the medieval times, I'd probably make a pretty good court jester or something. That, that's, how, <laughs> that's how I describe myself. <laughs> You got that awesome personality. I, I could feel it already. Slapstick. I like to make people laugh and just sort of juggle for people or, or attempt to juggle. So that's that's me in a nutshell. Hey, that's awesome, man. I love the slapstick humor. So I'm right there with you on that one. <laughs> Speaking of, I just got to throw this out there. I know I've told you this before, but to our listeners, and we're going to talk about his podcast in today's episode, that, that whole back and forth with your son between the friends and Seinfeld on that episode was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I'm a I big Seinfeld junkie. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's one or the other, right? It's uh, you yeah. always come across people that that are big fans of one show or the other. Um, I mean, it depends on on maybe when you when you grew up, what generation, right? But yeah, yeah we like to we like to rib each other. My wife's the same <laughs> way, so that's amazing. So we're gonna jump into this, Brandon. First question, right out the gate: What's one of the funniest things or best things that one of your children did so far? One of the funniest or best things, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the best things, um, or the one of the best thing that they've done recently, and it's so simple. But they actually sat at the dinner table and ate dinner. Do you know what I mean? Like this never what? happened in my house. Our, our house <laughs> is a zoo, man. It it's. I got dogs running around. I got cats climbing up the curtains. I got one of those stupid little robot vacuums, right? Yeah. Always noise. So it's just constant chaos at our place. And to get the kids to actually sit down and eat a meal is mwah, it's just glorious. You know, so, <laughs> it just never happens, you know, and you gotta, you gotta enjoy those, those small moments. Incredible when it happens because it doesn't very often. That moment that, that you'll never see ever again. Yeah, give it six months and they might do it again, right? Oh, frustrating. Oh, I'm sure there's like one father out there that's like, oh, I wish that was me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Struggling. Somebody's running out the door. You know what I mean? Running on the driveway. Yeah. Get back here. Just sit and eat. There you go. To our listeners out there, it can be done. I promise you. I yeah. promise you. Yes. Luckily, I could still tie mine up to a high chair and he eats. But <laughs> <laughs> Give it a couple months, man. Give it a couple Just months. A, that's, that's it, right? That's it. So when you look at your childhood, where you grew up, how, how you were raised, happened in your life, what are some things that you instill in your children? Um, I know you have a two and a half year old and I know Mason, he's, he's up there. So what are some things that you really try to instill as a father? I grew up in such a rural community, small town, Nova Scotia, east coast of, of Canada, and like on 120 acres of land, nobody around, you know, it was such a different childhood than what my kids are growing up into or, or a lot of kids uh, in this day and age, especially in urban areas, you know, 
for me, it's, you know, we were into sports, me and my older siblings. I don't think our parents pushed us, you know, but they certainly supported that. So I like to put my kids into things, you know, team sports. I think you can learn a lot in terms of teamwork, collaboration, time management. That's something that I think obviously instills a lot of great habits that you can take with you wherever you go. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're not having the best luck with Mason right now. I don't think he's going to be a huge athlete. He's got his own sort of plan and that's fine. Independence, problem solving, creativity, like just get outside, get lost, make your way home at some point, right? It, it sounds right. ridiculous because it's 2020 and things have changed. And, you know, I think as a parent, there's so much pressure. You always got to have eyes on your kids and make sure they're not getting into trouble or make sure nobody's abducting them or whatever, right? But we've really lost that. I think it's important that my kids learn resilience from a young age. You know, they get beat up, they fall down, they pick themselves back up and learn how to deal with kind of stressful and shitty situations. So they, they're ready for that as they get older. So, um, you know, I don't purposely put them through stuff, but that's that's in the back of my mind and, and kind of how, you know, some of those lessons that I probably learned from a, a young age. That's yeah, that's absolutely perfect. I mean, you know, coming from a resilient background, you want you want to be able to and, and you absolutely said it like 2020 right now, the world has changed so much. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was growing up, I was able to we, we say it. I feel like that old fart, but it's like, yeah, we used to go out, come home when the, when the streetlights came on or else your mom beat your ass. Yeah. But now, now, now it's not that way anymore, or at least it doesn't seem that way anymore. And it's a lot of, like you said, the coddling and the overprotecting and the, oh, don't, don't hurt my child. But then you lose that resiliency. You lose that real world effect on the world doesn't coddle you, but you also need to keep a, you know, a positive outlook on things. But you also need to learn how to take some bruises and get up and learn from that and become better next time. Yeah, it's such a balance, right? Because you don't want to be that parent that, you know, there's so much shaming that goes on, right? Like, oh, look at these parents neglecting their kids or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, not really, do you know? They're just uh, trying to instill some lessons and values in their kids and and toughen them up. So it's tough being a parent now. It's really tough. Like if we we were parents 30 years ago, it'd be a different game, wouldn't it? Oh, much different game. And I mean, that that's just the way that goes like generational changes, you know, the way our parents were raised years ago was completely different to how we are now. And same thing, especially in today's world, it, it's a never ending battle. And, you know, when you hear a parent say, oh, well, I raised you this way. Well, yeah, what you did 20 years ago isn't necessarily the way that it needs to be now. Exactly. And I think I think that's a big thing that a lot of people have problems with when they're instilling those those lifestyles or they try and stick so hard to an old school lifestyle. This is how I was raised. This is what I did. And they're too afraid to put a new spin on things because they're so set in their ways of this is how it was for me. This is how it's going to be. And this is how it's going to stay. Absolutely. Flexibility, right? Yeah. Flexibility and being resilient in yourself, not just putting resiliency in your own children, but being resilient yourself to be able to adapt and overcome change. Because let's be honest, the only constant in this world is going to be change. Exactly. Exactly. That's absolute audio gold. I love it, Brendan. We're going to keep this moving. (laughs) We're going to keep this going. I always love this question because it's such a it's such a deep question, but it gives the most value. What would you say was your biggest fear or like your what you would define as your failure as a father? And what did you do to personally overcome that? I think early on, my biggest fear, Davo, was sort of primal in nature. Like we we formula fed both our children. So, um, you know, a lot of that responsibility also, I played a role in that. And it was very, it wasn't something that came natural to me. You know, how do I know when my child's hungry? How do I know how mm-hmm. much I'm supposed to feed this little thing, right? Um, how do I make sure they grow healthy in the way they're supposed to? And all that, I think, subsided probably pretty quick just with instinct and time, right? Right. Um, now it's, it's 
probably more so how do I make sure these kids grow up to be decent human beings and, and citizens in society? Do you know, like what if what I'm doing is causing them to, to do the opposite and turn out to be just jerks, do you know, and rub people the wrong way, et cetera. So, you know, that, that, that's something that that's in the back of my mind as, as a Mason gets a little bit older. Right. And I've got a little bit more time with our daughter, obviously, but mm-hmm. you know, just making sure that again, they're, decent human beings are going to contribute to society. And I feel that that's like a big fear for a lot of parents, especially like myself, you know, and like a lot of our listeners know my kid, he's going to be two in September this year. So like we were just talking before the interview, he just hit 21 months. So we're getting right into that terrible twos. And mm-hmm. I still remember back to this day, exactly what you said, like he was born. How much do I feed him? Like now I got to change a shitty diaper. What the hell do I do? And you're right. But instinct takes over. You know, being able to say, oh, this is what I need to do and and being able to step out of that zone and being like, okay, I could overcome this. This is a small battle compared to other things that are going out there in the world. And I think it's so big today, too. In today's world, we have access to everything. I remember Googling like sleeping habits for newborns when I brought my son home from the hospital just to make sure I was on track of what's going to happen. You never saw that 30, 40 years ago. Get rid of these prenatal courses. Get rid of them all, right? Like you don't, A, you right. don't retain any of that. You know, your body, everything's just going to take over as soon as you get into that role. And it's almost like you're in autopilot. You're just doing stuff you, you didn't even think was imaginable or possible before, right? So just get rid of all that. Take whatever book you've got, at least for dudes anyways. I don't know. Maybe the girls have a different <laughs> opinion, but take the book and throw it out the window and uh, and, and you're just going to make it happen. I, I And I agree. Like there's so much, so many resources out there now that um, yeah. you've got the world at your fingertips to figure all this stuff out as you go. You really do. And I mean, I could probably only say, I think I've read about five books my entire life and most of those were from high school. So, <laughs> But <laughs> you're absolutely right. And I, I want to touch on that as well too. Like how you said, just being sure that you're doing the right thing for your child, especially Mason, you know, making sure that you're instilling, Hey, this is, this is how it needs to be, but not being over again. We're going back to that fine line of, you know, making sure he gets the right values he gets all this right stuff, but also making sure that you're not over pushing the bounds to where one day he could be like, well, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want anyway, yeah. because this is how I was raised. You know, this is something we've talked about on the show as well, too, is taking your experiences and things that happened in your life, but taking control of them and making sure that you get the best possible outcome that you want yourself. Exactly. And having open conversation, too, with our kids, I think is something that me and my wife I don't know that take a lot of pride in is the right term, but I think we really value that. We, we don't want to shield our kids from anything. And and obviously there's a time and a place to have that discussion right. and, and how much you're going to share, but I don't think we want to, you know, there's a lot going on in the world, right? And there's a lot of things that kids have access to nowadays that we didn't when we were kids. So it makes sense for us to get in front of that, have that open conversation and and hopefully try to, again, instill some values that way and address it head on, be transparent and honest about what's going on in the world around us. And and hopefully that resonates with them. That's absolutely it. Transparency is key. Communication is key, not just with your spouse or whoever you're with, but with your kids as well, too. In any relationship. Any relationship, having that open line of communication is going to is going to relieve so much anxiety, so much worry, so much stress because you're not overthinking, oh, do they think I'm this or do my kids think that or whatever the case is. So you're not playing these mind games with yourself. You're open, you're clear, you're expressing, you're not overloading, but you're expressing and you're communicating and you're building a stronger relationship because of that and building stronger people and a stronger self at the end of the day. I concur, Davo. 100%. 100%. That's what you get here at Fearless Fathers. You get 100%, nothing 110%. Less, nothing less than 100%. 
maybe a little bit more, but we'll, we'll, we'll see about that as we're going on here. So I know you're, you're in like the health sciences field. Um, and I know your spouse works as well. And with the world changing from how it is, and I know we've talked in other episodes about like dads feeling trapped and the way the world has changed. Do you feel like the role of the dad yourself has overly changed? Like, have you seen yourself putting on more of the parenting lifestyle and the housekeeping? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I view it as from a personal standpoint that that role's changed. Like my, my, my mother and my, I grew up with my mother and my stepfather. My parents separated at a very early age. So in essence, my stepfather was my father figure, although I, uh, you know, I did have contact with my father. And, and so really I had two father figures in my life, Davo. Um, but my, my stepdad was very hands-on, you know, that's what I remember. He was always there for us. Uh, you know, they both worked outside of the home as well. So for me, it was, you know, it was very normal to uh, get into a marriage and have kids and, and all the rest and, and be that father figure, have, have that hands-on relationship with my kids. Uh, certainly what I see around me, do you know, um, you know, I think most of the guys that I know are, are good dads, do you know, like I think right. they're out killing it. And obviously this is a change from years and years and years ago where primarily that responsibility fell on the mothers, right? And uh, so I think as society as a whole, yeah, I'm probably seeing that shift and, and that's great. You know, this has probably been happening for a while and, and um, it's just about tearing down some of those stereotypes and, and walls about father figures and how active they can be in kids' lives and how active a lot of them are. Do you know, a lot of dads out there don't get the credit they probably deserve. So, yeah, I think personally, I've, I've, I've been, around, been around good dads my whole life and uh, just trying to carry on that responsibility. You're absolutely right when it comes to it, because you always hear the not not the praise of what the dad does, but the negative that the dad does. Oh, he's a deadbeat. He's this. He's that. Or, you know, he's the one that has to work. He's the one that has to bring home the money and puts those stressors on himself. And I, I think that's that, that's absolutely beautiful how you said, like, you're seeing more of that shift now and now because it's true. You're not seeing the Don Drapers of the world anymore working eight, 10 hours a day, coming home and expecting a hot meal on, on the dinner table. You're, you're seeing a lot more where, you know, dads now are, I, I said it before, one of my friends was a stay-at-home dad for the first year. His twins were born. You don't hear a lot of that, but you do see it. And I think a lot of us, we subconsciously take that away and we don't appreciate it or acknowledge that it's there because it's something that we don't build into our own realities. I really like the way that you answered that question because it's becoming so more and more prevalent. But it's up to us to really open our eyes and actually see that happening. Davo, the day I come home from work and ask for a nice hot meal as soon as I set foot in the door is when my clothes are going to be thrown out onto the lawn and the, the locks changed. That's what's going to happen in my house. <laughs> oh, man. I could, I could believe yeah. it. I, jo I joke with my wife quite a bit about stuff like that. But we, we luckily have that yeah. relationship. But no, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. With that being said, take us through how you were, because you know you've you've been at this parenting game a lot more than what a lot of our our listeners. What was your mindset when you found out you were going to be a father, and how did how did you feel? Like what what were your emotions behind it, and how did you handle that change your, in in yourself? It was like a light switch, to be honest. I mean, that was the moment that I had to ultimately sober up, you know, in in literally literally and figuratively. And, you know, understanding that, you know, I'm not the only person in my life anymore, right? Like, I, I, mm -hmm. I feel like looking back, I was, you know, very selfish 20-something year old and it was me, me, me. And now all of a sudden I've got to give my full attention to 
you know, other people in my life. So it was, did take a bit of a mind shift and it was quite an adjustment, but you know, my, my friend once told me in college and, and this still holds true, I think for myself and probably a lot of parents, but necessity is the mother of invention. I always think of that saying, Mm. you know, you can have all kinds of dough. There's all kinds of things running through your mind. How am I going to make this work? But in the end, like I said, the books go out the window. Uh, you know, there, there's basically out of necessity, you have to make this happen. You know, um, obviously you can make another choice and run the other way. Right. But I think most right. people probably choose to take the path of, Hey, I'm going to be a responsible parent or father or partner and all the rest and, and, uh, and make it happen. So that was, you know, looking back, that was, Again, it felt like a light switch. It was a it was a turning point for me. So it was one of those like, hey, now this is this is what my life's gonna be. I just have to flip that one eighty and, and I'm going I'm going all in on this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The cards are in, the poker chips are in the middle. Let's let's get this done. That was the mentality. We're going all in on it, and I think that's massive. And I, I always feel, and you know, being a new father myself, you have a little bit more experience than me. I don't even know if we could say experience because every every child and every every relationship is different. But it's that yeah. it's that how do we overcome that? Because it is such a major lifestyle change. It's so it's so new and so unfor- it could almost feel unforgiving at times where you're just like you, you feel like you're going a mile wide and a meter deep and you're just you're just stopping and you're just hitting bedrock. I mean, hopefully you can surround yourself with good people, right? Who you're able to lean on and connect with and, and kind of share those experiences. You know, I know you guys talk about mind shift and, and, mm-hmm. and how to frame things. And, and I fully agree. You know, I've worked in, in the mental health space for a while and, and I'm a big believer in talk therapy, whether that's with a professional or a friend or a family member, uh, sometimes talking things through and problem solving, you know, can certainly help with some of that. Right. And so we're not, we're not alone in this journey. Do you know, you, you have people, most people have people in their life who they can lean on and, and look to for support. And obviously the big part of this podcast, Devo, is is you know trying to break down some of those stigmas and, and barriers with men and, and say, hey, it's okay to reach out and say yeah. that, you know, I'm sucking with this or hey, I need help with this. That that's that's all right. Um and, and that goes for men, you know, across the entire spectrum, not just not just being dads, but I think men in general have a difficult time reaching out, don't they, and asking for yeah. the hand when they need it. Oh, absolutely. I, I remember my pride was so big growing up. I'm just like, I got this all myself. I'm going to take the burden all myself and I'm, I'm just going to run it. And all it does is just run you right into the ground at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, all can, it does. You can pull it off for a little bit, but yep. not for very long. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're going to explode eventually. And, and you absolutely said it. Surround yourself around people you could trust. I've said it before and I've, I've heard it on other podcast and I believe it was Jim Rohn that said it, um, old, old school entrepreneur, but you're the average of the five people you associate with the most. Absolutely. If you hang out with those five people and you could trust to talk to them, hey man, you're in the right circle. If you have those five people that you hang out with and there's like, man, why the fuck are you doing that? Be a man, shut the hell up, suck it up and move <laughs> on. Well, you might, you may need to reevaluate your life choices at that point. I'm just yeah, saying, <laughs> I mean. You know, not not to be I got to give some tough love there, but really it, it's about you and about your mental health at the end of the day, because being positive on such a major change like that, like you said, flipping that light switch, you know, either you're going all in or you may suffer in silence and feel that you're the only one battling through this. Absolutely. So we're going to kind of build on top of this as well, too, since you are a father or two. Would you say you were more prepared when your second child was born or like did you have like? a lot of the same feelings when your second child was born or were you, were you able to just go right in on this? 
No, absolutely, Dave, 100%. You know, I think we went in kind of knowing what the game plan was going to be. Quite a bit of time had passed when we had our second child. So some of it was just, it was like trying to dig up those old habits, right? And, mm-hmm. and But it was like riding a bike. We could get back on it pretty quickly. I, I think more the more the obstacle this time around was, you know, is there enough of me to go around now? There's an extra human in, in the house and in my life. And so how do I care for this one who needs a lot more attention and make sure my son, uh, who's quite independent, in which we were very lucky at the time, right? I, I, right. You know, I don't, I don't know how individuals do it with, you know, like an 18-month-year-old or a year-old in the house and having a new baby. Like that to me would... Nope. I'd be bouncing off the walls and, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope. Probably. So, so we had a bit of a gap there, which turned out to be a blessing in disguise, I think. But uh, yeah, little bit of, little bit of that. How do I make sure that I'm, I'm supporting both kids now? I mean, this just goes to show you, Hey, like my parents, my mom had four kids, you know, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm worried about two, do you know, like what a different time. Uh, so, but I mean, by the end of it, right, your, your older siblings are taking care of you at that stage, you know, it's, it's just so different now as a parent. There's a lot of pressure to be hands-on, I think, be there for your kid and put them in things and support them and take them here and there. And not to say that our parents didn't do that, but I, I think the game has changed. It really has changed. Like you've seen, and we've talked about this, and I think we even talked about this just a few minutes ago, is the world has changed so much so recently that we want to be more involved in our kids' lives, whether that's getting them to try, you know, new sports or getting them out there to see different things or supporting what it is they're doing and really building that passion and that confidence and not necessarily saying, oh, that's just going to be a pipe dream or why are you still doing that? So I think, you know, and like you said, too, you know, being from four, three other siblings that being able or just even having two kids yourself, but being able to make sure the time with each child is spent adequately. Exactly. And I think that's a major problem for at least a big worry for a lot of fathers out there, especially with multiple kids is, is my oldest going to get enough attention? I'm, I'm the oldest of technically four kids. I have a biological sister and then I have two half siblings on both sides. And it, it's always tough, especially when you're the oldest, because we've even talked about this in the last interview we did with, you know, you're the, you're the guinea pig, you're the gerbil. So it's, hey, these all, the, we're going to try these rules on you. We're going to see what works and we're going to see what doesn't. And then we'll see what we want to do with the other kids down the road. And like you said, you know, the older siblings are the ones taking care of the younger ones as the parents are going out and trying to regain some of who they were again as well, too. So it almost becomes that effect of, okay, I really need to prioritize and I really need to make sure that everybody's getting at least as much equal treatment as humanly possible. Is anybody having four kids these days, Davo? I... I don't know anybody that has four kids. So I have an in-law, brother-in-law, that has six kids. Whoa! Six kids. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) So, and they actually have a lot of, uh, like, the Irish twins, like, 18 months apart from each other. Like, yeah, I don't know how they do that, but... Yeah. Yeah, six six kids in the household, and they're... Unreal. Yeah, pretty close in age, so I'm I'm good on that one. Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. (laughs) So we're going to flip the script here a little bit. I brought this up in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, You recently just started hosting the Not Your Normal Hickey podcast with your oldest son, Mason. If you have a chance, check this podcast out. It's absolutely fantastic. It's a whole I'm going to I'm going to let you go into detail on it. But just from my experiences as a listener and a fan of it, it's a wholehearted, funny, just great time of just banter back and forth between a child and their father. Like I have that childhood life in me. Like my wife makes fun of me and says, oh, you're a seven year old and you fight all the time with our 21 month old. 
that, that's just how I get out of it. I love every second of it. So with that, why don't you tell the listeners out there, tell our fearless fathers a bit about the podcast, why it was started and what it, what it's really taught you, you know, about being a father. Sure. Yeah. I'll start with the why it was started piece. No, we started it in uh, in March during the whole lockdown quarantine phase. I think it was a combination of a few things, really. It was, you know, new hobbies, something to do. My son, you know, kind of big into YouTube. He's at that age where he's watching this crap on TV. Uh, he he kind of had this idea that he wanted to put himself out there and do something, but had no real no real plan of action. Bit of bit of a scatterbrained, you know, and mm-hmm. and he's kind of he's kind of shy too. But he's got this entertainer bone in his body, and I think he kind of wants to get out and do something and put on a show for somebody, but just isn't sure what. So I thought podcast would be a great way for him to help drive some of that and entertain, just have fun. You know, again, we, we kind of have a lot of good banter in the kitchen or in the car, those kinds of things, even him and his mom. And, you know, it's just a really great way for him to, you know, work on his speaking skills and, and mm-hmm. great time for us as father's son, spend some time together, bond and just shoot the shit, have some fun. You know, there's no real message, I think, that comes out of it. Yeah. I think parents like yourself, you know, who can relate and, and uh, have some of that back and forth. It, it's essentially a commentary. We, we kind of look at current events. And ultimately, I like to get his spin on things as a nine-year-old. We know the kids say just ridiculous things sometimes when it comes to certain things. And so trying to capture some of that. Sometimes it's, you know, a bit of a lesson learning for him. But mostly it's just, you know, capturing some of those off-ball or, you know, goofball kind of comments and, and seeing where the conversation goes. So we keep it light. Again, it's not a not anything too overly insightful in terms of takeaways or messages, but it's just entertainment more than anything. I absolutely love it. I started getting my wife into it and I started getting Ryan into it too. So we're, we're going to spread that message because it's absolutely, it's just a wholehearted, it's like a family podcast. It's absolutely amazing how you guys go about it. And like I said, I love that, you know, it's a little bit of slapstick, you know, you're arguing with your, not arguing with yourself, but you're bantering back and forth with half of yourself. So it, it's just great to see that. Yeah. He's got that sarcastic mind that's starting to really kind of shine through at his age. And so uh, I like to bring that out or I, you know, I don't even bring it out. It just happens. So it's nice to capture. Now, what, what are some things like with starting this podcast with your son? What, what has it taught you as a father? Like, has it, has it grown you as a father and being able to handle new things as they come up? I think patience for sure, right? I mean, it's been, it, it's not the easiest process to go through this with him on some days, you know, sometimes it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a push to get through. Sometimes it's, um, you know, we struggle with, with the production sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's patience. It's learning that, uh, you know, how to be a better listener for me. I'm, I'm typically been very obnoxious and self-centered. And when I go into a room, I need people to kind of talk to me and look at me. So flipping that and being the one that asks the questions and, and kind of listens and probes a little bit more, you know, I think that's been helpful for me as a person, as an individual and a, and a father. And, and so to hear some of the, you know, the dribble that comes out of his mouth, it's it's pretty heartwarming and, and fun in, a, in an odd way as well. So Oh, that that's great. So and I'm sure you're building a passion with him as well, too, because like you said, he's got that showman style with it. And like you said, it, it's not easy sometimes as a nine year old. You're like, OK, this is cool for a little while. I want to go and I want to play Fortnite for six hours and exactly. you know, try, trying to keep that passion. It almost sounds like you're trying to keep that passion alive. You're just saying, hey, there might be days where this might not be the best, but l- let's just keep pushing this a little bit further. See where it kind of goes type deal. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And it could, you know, again, I feel like he's got something internal there that he wants to act on, just doesn't know what it is yet. So maybe this is a good outlet that helps him find what that is. You know, he might not be the athlete like I want him to be, but uh, you know, if he sticks with something and, and maybe he turns out to be some kind of artist in some fashion, but yeah, just he's typically a kid who will give up after, you know, a certain period of time. And so 
just trying to push him to see th- things through and, and uh, follow through on, on something. And, and I know he's having a great time with it as well, even though some of those days are a struggle to get through. But hey, as long as we're having fun and, and enjoying being around each other, we'll keep doing it. And I, I think that's the big thing is the fact that he has fun doing it, even on the dates where he doesn't want to do it. I think having that passion, you see that passion shine through and you're like, okay, this is still something that we can continue going on with because I see that you're not defeated because of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's massive key. Like you said, you're, you're honing that artistic lifestyle, you know, it may not be what you expected or your, you know, your expectations, but at least putting that bug or that passion and just building something in there for him makes it so much better. Um, in, Plant in the, long the seeds. Run. Plant, Plant the, the seeds. seeds. That's it, man. Plant the seeds. That's how they grow at the end of the day. That's how you, <laughs> that's how you continue to build that. Right. That's right. So if you were in the room with another father and you could just see and you just and you just feel it what's what's one thing that you would say to a father that may not feel like they're that they're doing the best job that they possibly could be personally i feel self doubt is it's so normal right in anything you do confidence is something that takes time takes experience and and early on i i always hated when people tried to give me advice about fatherhood and and even probably to this day still, but you know, I'd, I'd probably say you're, you know, you're probably doing a better job than you think, believe it or not. You know, we all have those days where we doubt ourselves, but it's like the bride at the wedding, Dave, right? Where the flowers show up, but they're a different color than what they thought they were going to get. And, and the bride's flipping out. Nobody cares, right? The guests don't notice that stuff. Do you know, right. it's, it's the same thing with parenting, right? Like kids don't need those expensive gifts or, you, you know, like there's, there's kids need very little in general. And I think in the most, in most cases, they probably get that, you know, in terms of the, your time, your love, they need comfort, you know, they need, a, they need food and shelter and those kinds of things. And so, you know, don't beat yourself up. I think sometimes we, we overreact with things we're not doing or, or what we're doing. And, and sometimes we create a, a much bigger problem in our heads than probably is what, what is uh, happening in reality in, in front of us. But, you know, a, again, I think you're, you're probably doing a better job as like, you know, if you're spending time with them, right. And, and, uh, and loving them the way you should, then, then you're a great dad right there. That's my opinion on that. I, I agree with your opinion 150% of the way, Brendan. I really do. You know, when you could look out there and you're just having the worst days and you're just feeling like I'm not up to this and you could walk outside and you just see that smile on your child's face. I think that just says everything. Totally. And I'm not saying that you're not going to have or we're not going to have those off days, right? right. Like you're not going to hit it out of the park 100% of the time, you know, and that's okay, right? Like that parents is- mess up. We got to we gotta own that. We got to recognize that, acknowledge that and, and kind of move on. You just don't want to mess up every day for the rest of their life. Right? <laughs> right, right. And that's the thing, man. That, and that's, that's the things that we preach here is it's okay if you don't have it all figured out. I'm learning my positivity still to this day. It's been a year and a half and I'm still growing and I'm still learning every single day. Just because I'm 30 years old doesn't mean I have life figured out. I'm still learning something new every single day. I'm going out there and I'm just putting in the reps of being a father and just spending that extra 10 minutes with my kid or just seeing that smile on his face tells me, okay, yeah, you may have a crappy day, but you know you're doing a good job because you can walk out of your bedroom and he just says, hey, dad. And you're just like, okay, I got That's this. It. I got game this. It, yeah. it's, a mass, it's a massive game changer. So you're doing, you're exactly where you need to be. At. Those, those small things you do have a massive impact at the end of the day. Remember that, guys. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not Absolutely. the big things that you do. It's those small things that you do that have the massive impact when it all comes down to it. So Brendan's here with us on the mic. He's dropping some amazing value. We have just a couple more questions that we're going to pick Brendan's brain on, finish this all up for you guys. 
where can people find Not Your Normal Hickey podcast? I know we went a lot out of order here, but where can we find you if they wanted to listen? Yeah, we're all over the place. Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of them, I think. Um, and I just, I feel like there's there's too many. I just tell people Spotify or Google because they're, they're Apple because they always have, I just tell people Spotify or Apple because they always have one or the other, right? But there you uh, go. it's so overwhelming. We have an Instagram page, Not Your Normal Hickey Podcast, and uh, a Facebook page as well. And and uh, I know Mason, he's keen in the future to start a, a YouTube channel if we can muster the energy and the, the IT savviness to, to put that together. But yeah, you can find find us pretty well all over the the regular podcasting channels currently there you go guys and we'll have some links for those in the description as well too of this uh of this episode so you could go find them really quick as well what is your call to action for our listeners really enjoy those moments you know even the shitty ones right um you know know that the cries won't last forever the dirty diapers right and and use those moments as opportunities to build character and again i, I talk about resilience quite a bit. I remember sterilizing bottles, you know, at like five in the morning, just half naked, you know, eyes closed. And, and, you know, looking back, I just, I don't know how I got through the, like the drudgery of those days, but it's those moments in the grind that I think prepare you as, as parents and individuals really later on and, and for life. Right. And, and there's, you know, I look back with a sense of pride and accomplishment that I, we got through that. And, you know, some days actually mirrored it, miss it in a weird kind of way too, do you know? So sometimes you'll, you'll look back and, and kind of go, oh yeah, I didn't, I don't think I minded changing the diapers all that much, you know? So, and then I'll snap back in reality and go, now nah, we're, we're good. We can move on. From that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm set with that one. It's actually <laughs> funny that you brought that up because right before we recorded this episode, I'm sitting there and my son, you know, I'm, ro- I'm rocking him for a few minutes going to sleep and I'm like, he's never, when he gets older, he's never going to, want to do this again. Yeah, and I'm just thinking exactly. to myself like, yeah, okay, I don't want to rock my child to sleep because he's almost two, but I'm like, there's going to come a day where he's just not going to want to do this anymore. No, and, no, you know, exactly. That, you just saying that just really just brought that rush of emotion where I just felt that. So there, there's your call to action, guys. Take those memories, take everything in. The cell phone can go off to the side, building those memories. And, you know, when you're changing those shitty diapers and you're just like, oh, this sucks, you know, you're going to look back on it. And I do. And my parents said, hey, we look back on it and we miss it. I'm going to quote The Office because I'm out of Northeast PA. I love The Office. And if you ever watched the show, Andy Bernard, and he says, I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days before they ended. Exactly. And I think that's massive. And then you look back and you're like, oh my God, I spent all this time on my phone. I could have did this. I spent more time working. I didn't build these memories. I, I didn't do this. And you you build that self-doubt. So there's your call to action, guys. Build those memories, even if it's 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. Rock your kid to sleep if they want it. Hold them. Whatever you need to do, just build those memories and build that character and become fearless at the end of the day. Last question. Wrap this all up. In your own words, Brendan, what does it mean for you to be a fearless father? Going out and just crushing it with a capital C, a capital I, lowercase t. Crushing it, Davo. Just stepping up and... You know, not letting those worries, not letting those fears consume you, Um, you know, understanding you're going to have a bad day or two, but, you know, stepping up to the plate, being there for your kids and yeah, being fearless. There you go. That was a ton of great information today that we got from our neighbor of the North, Mr. Brendan Hickey in Canada, Canada, oh, Canada, wherever it is out there. I want to, I, had, I had to get that North American joke in there. It was crushing love it me. All. I love it all. <laughs> I had to. So I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode today, the Fearless Fathers Podcast. I really want to give a special thank to our guest, Brendan Hickey, for joining me on the mic today. 
letting us pick his brain, what makes him a fearless father at the end of the day. If you like what we do and you love it, tell your friends, tell those fathers out there that might be expecting or are a new father or just might need something to get them through that day. Let them know we're here to build that community. We're here to end that stigma of what it means to be a real fearless father. If you want to support us any which way you can, check out our Patreon page. Link is in the description. Even a dollar is going to go a long way in helping Ryan and I both build this to something that's going to help you in the long run and become such a massive movement at the end of the day. You could check out our store, check out our Facebook and Instagram page, and then share your stories with us. Let us know what it took for you to become a fearless father, or if you're on that journey right now of becoming a fearless father, hit us up at fearlessfatherspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest on this show like Brendan was today, let us know. I would love to have you on and pick your brain and see what it makes to be a fearless father. If you want us to read your story on the podcast, we can do that. If you want to remain anonymous, that's perfectly fine. We all grow. We all become better by ourselves in our own way. Just because you're an adult and a father does not mean you can't grow. Your kids do it every single day. We applaud them for the small steps that they make. I applaud you for the small steps you make every single day. And together, we'll embrace the fear. Thanks for listening.